Well, I'm taking probably for the next three Lord's Day mornings a phrase that you'll hear quite a lot out there, not always used in a way that I would agree with. It's on the lips of politicians and uh, indeed commentators. The idea of building back better. Maybe you've heard that phrase, building back better. That's, well, we've been through COVID and people perhaps uh, thought, well, you know, we, we value family and we value perhaps not being so, so busy. And there have been various conclusions. Perhaps you and I have reached some pluses, some benefits that emerged through that period. Well, we look back now, don't we? Almost uh, there as a matter of a historical record, all the times we've spent in, in lockdown. And it's good, isn't it? Now, not to always be thinking about it. Yes, we know COVID's on the rise again in uh, the wider population out there. And perhaps uh, some of us have uh, found a little bit more of it coming our way. But it's not uh, stopped society in its tracks. It's not sent us all back indoors. We're still out and about. And that, I think, must be judged to be a good thing. But out of it all, building back better. I'm not always sure I agree with what politicians are thinking of when they say that, what kinds of conclusions that they might have reached, what the world needs, whatever the pandemic did or didn't show. Uh, Some people seem to think it requires even more global solutions. And I think as Christians, we would want to differ from that. But even so, the phrase, building back better, well, that has perhaps a, a helpful ring to it. And we might even say, and we've read First Corinthians 3, we're going to be reading some other passages too, that it it does seem to have a, a resonance in it, something in it that may be valuable for us to to take away. So for the next few Lord's Days, we'll perhaps be thinking of that, and it's going to be a fairly, fairly leisurely approach, I hope not too laboured. But in some ways, Summer holidays are coming. Is it ever a good idea to sort of begin a series like this when uh, everybody's going away? Well, yes, because in a sense, uh, any any period is right. If you're going on holiday, well, you're not going on holiday and thinking about spiritual things. Being a Christian, I hope we don't think of it in that way at all. And maybe as a as a church here and uh, people I've been speaking to have been out and about a fair bit over the last month or two and uh, preaching different places and asked to speak on different topics in different places and just sort of catching up a little bit with where we are and trying to explain it to other people. And yeah, as I put it, we've had a lot of one-offs. A lot of things have sort of happened in the life of a small church. This happened, that happened. Oh yes, and there was COVID as well. It almost seems like a bit of a footnote given everything else that's as a fellowship. Um, Those of us who who were here two, three years ago, and quite a few of us now. You, you've, you've joined with us in more recent times and uh, sort of catching on to a little bit of the story of where we've been and where we're perhaps hoping to go. And, and that's great. And uh, we look forward to moving forward, building back better together in the days that lie ahead. But uh, whatever the old normal was, and uh, we think of that uh, a little bit there, and the old normal of Christ Baptist Church, yeah, quite a few Quite a few one-offs, quite a few things that, uh, well, we hope we won't have to fix the roof again. That seems to be like something you do every 150 years. 
and us becoming a charitable incorporated organization. If you are lacking sleep, I can certainly be an aid there to your sleeplessness. I could tell you about that and that should crack it for you nicely. But actually, it's something that's quite, uh, quite significant becoming independent as a church, you know. A fuller sense, complex history the church has had. Every church has a complex and unique history, and um, we're the same, but moving on and enjoying perhaps the prospect of, of greater clarity. We've had the coming back of uh, some of the old normal things, uh, back in the schoolroom, having tea, coffee, what I must now call the Tuesday morning fellowship being resumed, and... Uh, other things that we're doing, fellowship meals, where well, this is part of the, the old life there, Seekers Club, end of year events, that coming back. And uh, uh, the, the Glebe, the monthly meeting I used to have there at their daycare, that, that never came back. That was a casualty of COVID. That's closed and no prospect of it reopening. But a lot of the old normal has come back for me personally, but perhaps for you as well, some of the some of the responsibilities, some of the friendships that uh, came about during the new normal, right? What we used to call the, the new normal, but now a bit is old hat, bit of old history during COVID uh, and the rest of that. But actually quite a lot happened during that time. And uh, so the new normal and, and the old normal kind of working together there, new friendships that, that remain, new tasks that got taken on, new meetings that be- began. Well, those are all there as well. Whatever building back better means, well, taking something there of the old normal and something of the new normal. That's a bit of an old new normal now. And looking forward to something further on from here. And doing it, aren't we? It's, as mentioned in the prayer, time of huge uncertainty, great uncertainty. When we look out at a world that uh, really quite defies our abilities to try and predict what might happen next. Who's going to predict what's going to happen next in this nation? Who's going to be leader of the, any of the main parties by the end of next week, or this week rather? We wait and see. Uh, so much turmoil, so much upheaval. And then the wider world, Ukraine and situations there, fair degree of turmoil in the United States. And we could add further and further to that illustration. But whatever it is, I suggest this. I, I'm putting perhaps what is in my heart there, out there, and perhaps uh, for our further thinking and consideration. Whatever it is, whatever old normal we're resuming, or whatever new normal we're continuing with, whatever we are with the new roof and the new pointing, we want to build back better. We don't want to just be the old normal or the people that belonged to the old normal we actually want to build back better that we're actually investing into the things that we're starting again and contacts there the school or whatever to invest into those things something more something more of what it means to be christians what it means to be christ-like people christ-centered people to as it were almost there as the spirit might sort of move in us and through us to breathe into it, all that we do, something more, some further dimension, meaning we should all work harder necessarily, but work better, building back better. And in that way, 
more spiritual than that. So that's what we're thinking about for the next uh, few Sundays, perhaps. And this idea of, of building, well, it's very much New Testament speak, isn't it? This is very much the Bible. We've read First Corinthians chapter 3. Well, that's a passage, isn't it, there, a church that isn't bringing to Paul's attention a lot of very happy things. Everything seems to be wrong there. They're carnal, there's envy, there's strife, there are divisions. And Paul has got some firm things to say about it. And he's got some firm things to say about those who are in the leadership in the church. Leadership, we'd have to put inverted commas, wouldn't we? But he is saying that you are God's building in verse 9. And then describes himself, and we'll come to this a little bit more in a minute, as, as the apostle, as being a builder, indeed a wise master builder, who laid the foundation. And the foundation you'll find in verse 11, he says there is no other foundation that anybody can lay, apostles, anybody, Apollos, whoever you name. It's only Jesus Christ can be the foundation. But there were people who were building on that foundation, those who were now, in leadership within the church in Corinth. And there's a warning, isn't there, for them? Let each one, verse 10, let each one take heed how he builds, how he builds on the foundation, how he builds there essentially on the apostles' work. That's all he was doing, wasn't he? He was preaching Christ crucified, resolved, determined to know nothing other than that. That's how there is no other foundation. There's no other message Paul brought, no other hope he could give to the people but the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's the foundation. Take care how you build on it. And in as much as there are options available, he has warnings about what happens to one option. Because he offers there the possibility that we can build on that foundation, verse 12, with gold, silver, precious stones. We're meant to see that as the positive, good things, the right things, things that fit with the foundation. That all that the foundation is suggesting that the building should be, that that is what emerges, not some fine foundation. Uh, and then instead, you find that there's there's wood, uh, and and it's just hay, and it's straw. Well, what sort of a building would that be? It lacks the beauty, doesn't it, and the elegance of a building with precious stones and gold and silver, but it's hardly going to be fit for purpose either. So that's going to just blow away at the first strong wind. That's just going to be like tinder for any spark. And that's what Paul really suggests. It's going to be burned up. That kind of work, building on the foundation with that kind of material, it's going to be disastrous. And so the people who are doing that building may be Christians and they will be saved, but nothing of what they've been building will, will stay. But this idea of what we build with, is very strongly there, and to build with the right things, or for us, back out as it were, and and beginning to have, perhaps see a, a new chapter and new things happening to build back better, to make sure that what we're building with, we're investigating. Well, was there a bit too much wood in there? Was there too much hay? Were we actually fooling ourselves and saying it was gold? Well, actually, it was more like straw, and we want to make sure. That anything we do is with gold, silver, and precious stones. Yeah, it's building back with the right materials, building back better. So the idea is there, but the idea is not only there, 
So in Hebrews chapter 3, just to read the first six verses there. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who is faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also is faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Well, there's building going on there. And so, of course, much of the book of Hebrews is contrasting, well, Moses, mythical law with what we have in the new covenant. There is this thought that this is Christ's house, that we are part of his building. We're owned by him. It's his ownership. It's his design. It's his project. And just as there's only one foundation, so indeed, just to use the writers of the Hebrews and his way of terming it here, well, there is only one son over this house. Well, there is him again, the Lord Jesus Christ. And part of whatever silver and gold and precious stones looks like, to use the language of Hebrews 3, will be holding fast our confidence in him and rejoicing of hope in him firm to the end. And then, well, Matthew chapter 16 offers to us there, yes, the very fact that the Lord Jesus Christ promises and pledges to be the builder of this ongoing work called the church. Matthew chapter 16. Let's just read from verse 13 through to verse 20. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. And that wasn't for there and for then to, as it were, send expectations racing. But for his disciples, most certainly. And there it is, Peter already, understanding where the foundation is. It's, it's Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we would take then his confession to be then that rock, that principle, that whole thought of people who are locked into the Lord Jesus Christ, whose lives are built upon him. And that's what he's going to build. And he places there, doesn't he, responsibilities? Well, firstly there in the apostles' hands. They've got to build with precious stones and gold and silver, whatever they're going to bind, whatever they're going to loose, must fit with that foundation. And of course, God was there to especially guide them in that apostolic task when they were here on earth. So God is at work. 
and it is Christ's work. And he ultimately owns the house, and he sent apostles to be the master builders in that work and establish the doctrines that we're to have, whatever we're building with, building back better with. It's got to fit with that. It's got to be those things. So we see that 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 idea of building is right there in Scripture. That idea, as we'll come to see, and I hope to show over the weeks ahead, isn't just for the apostles then, or the pastors and elders and deacons now. It's actually something we're all part of. Because actually, we ourselves, our lives, the quality of our lives, that if they don't match with what's required by the foundation, the owner of the building, and the one who declares he is building the church, then that is, I'm afraid, the wood and the hay and the straw. It won't last. It won't survive. It won't bear anything. It won't have any ability to bear the weight that may be put upon us as God's people. Well, both today, but perhaps who knows in the days to come. So let's move on. And as I say, we're taking a, a careful and leisurely approach in that way. And I can see immediately here, I'm not going to reach all the end of the points that I thought I'd be preaching this morning. So first heading, and really, this is already suggested by what I've said here so far, an apostolic task. An apostolic task. This building, this work is an apostolic work. It's one that God charged the apostles with and to do. And that is why Paul describes uh, himself there as being that wise master builder who laid the foundation. So that was his commission. That was a special calling and a special commission that he was given. And that's why we find, for instance, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that on the day of Pentecost and all that followed it, and the giving of the Holy Spirit. Well, what were the results of that? Well, we learn the results of that in verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Ah, the apostles' doctrine and the fellowship that came from that and the breaking of bread and the prayers that, that were part of that were only because there was that teaching that was there being given by the apostles that took everybody to the Lord Jesus Christ. What did the day of Pentecost do? It took everybody to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was actually all about him rather necessarily than about what the Holy Spirit was doing right there, right then. All of that was evidence that he is seated at the right hand of God. He's the central figure and he is the foundation. And it was the apostles' work to ensure that churches were established on those lines. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 19 to 22, once more, that principle comes through. Now, therefore, he says, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also, being built together, for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Well, there is the building, there is the work of the apostles, and there he actually describes it as a foundation. That what they are laying is a commissioned foundation. And of course, it's all built around the chief cornerstone, the one who's holding all together, even holding all the foundation together. And that is no surprise 
Jesus Christ, who is doing the building anyway. He's the one with the authority and the headship over this building. And he's the one who sent the apostles and given them inspiration to know how to do the building, the keys that they have been given in that regard. Here we are being built, hopefully built there, to represent the gold and the silver and the precious stones, those things where God is building us together for a dwelling place in the Spirit. Well, this isn't a call for apostles today. We'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who could qualify for that. There are eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses of these events, eyewitnesses of the risen Lord. And that takes us back a fair few years. If you're claiming to be an apostle today, the kindest thing I can say is that uh, you're wearing well. You're, you're not showing your age too badly there, dear friend. So no, no apostles for today. But apostolic doctrine for today, most certainly. We haven't moved from Acts 2 verse 42. We haven't moved from any of the things that uh, the apostles wrote for us, which we have in Scripture. There there are the keys. They're, They're binding and loosing. They're holding us to certain principles. They're forbidding us in certain directions. And we deduce what we need to do from that. There's the pattern for the church. It's laid down. Whatever you're building back with, you can't go beyond what they have laid down. To be able to come to, as it were, the, the crux of it there, that it's Christ the foundation. But I hope I've already been uh, doing plenty of uh, trailing for when we come to that, that heading perhaps next week or the week after that. Christ, the only foundation. That's what they're saying. But apostles aren't saying, look at us. Apostles aren't saying that, that we are the people and we're here to lord it over you. You don't have to read far in any of Paul's epistles to realize he's not saying that. So he could have authority over them, that he might indeed be able to require certain things to be done for him. But he doesn't. He doesn't require that or insist upon that. But he does require that people hold to the doctrine that he has been given, because it's been given from heaven, and it is all built around the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the pattern. That's what church officers are held to. And that's what we, as we come and and worship here that's the expectation we agree on that 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 is whatever we're doing whatever we're building whatever we together are seeking before god to see established in the days ahead that it's got to be absolutely apostolic christ being at the center of it apostolic doctrine which doesn't sort of sit at variance from christ's doctrine that that's the that's the clever trickery isn't it of, of liberalism if you if you know what i mean by that people who are always looking to sort of de-supernaturalize the Bible and take away from this and find inconvenient truths and kind of remove those. And that's, they're trying to set Paul and the Lord Jesus Christ at odds and, and, and get us out of what they imagine are, are some of the difficulties that Paul binds us to regarding women preaching or whatever else subjects that uh, can be hugely controversial. Well, we say, no, Paul didn't differ what the Lord Jesus said, because the Lord Jesus was actually speaking from heaven by his spirit through the apostles. And they wrote the things they wrote. And we have the things they wrote. And there we have our description of who we to be, the lines that we are to follow, what, what we are to confess, what we are to actually sing. Oh, we sing to be there, Christ, comparable glory, this matchless divinity. 
We've spoken highly of him. I hope we've agreed on that. And that's something that we confess. And everything that we do that follows from that takes that precious name to make that name known. I don't go into the open air and preach. I don't go and do school assemblies and think of some other name. We're saying to the children, take away nothing from the years that I spend with you here in assembly. Take away this, that it's all about Jesus Christ. Everything in the Bible is about him. It all revolves around him. So everything we do, where we go, what we speak of, we have to speak of lots of things, we know that, but we want actually to bring people to know something of the Lord Jesus Christ. How we live. Well, that is all centred upon him. What it means to be Christ-like. What it means to be his ambassadors, taking his message, but also embodying who he is. Living, and it's an in-buzz thing there to live incarnationally. Well, yes and well, no. Some of those who teach this sort of stuff go far too far in a kind of getting in there with a culture, that kind of view. But the idea that we should be here living out before people what it means to be a Christian. And even though those people culturally are moving actually further and further away from us, but that doesn't mean then we say, oh, sorry, we'll change. We'll, we'll get nearer to you. We'll drop that. We'll drop that. We'll drop the other. Uh, we, we'll get as near as we can there to you. But it does mean that we try to represent his kindness, his generosity, his, his whole patience and the manner of living. The world at large resembles very much what Paul deplores within the Corinthian church of, of, of envy and strife, and contentions, divisions. Oh, that's the world. You don't have to go on Twitter very long, do you, there, to find the strife and the divisions. And you don't have to go very long in the world to discover the envy. It's all out there. Advertising is there just to promote envy, isn't it, in so many ways, to try to make covetousness into an okay thing, get the money to be able to fulfill what you're here being held up before you, to covet and to to idolize. So we show something different, that we don't have idols, and we don't covet things, that we are moving in a different direction, that we are stirred by different things and concerned about different things. And people out there in the world are often surprised. You're not concerned about that? No. I'm concerned about this, though. What's that? Concerned about your spiritual state, that nobody cares that they have a soul. So there are the principles. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ, because that was the apostolic task. Any building worth the name is going to be built upon the apostles' doctrine. It has to be. But it will always reflect, won't it, the variety of what local churches are. Why, their their age profile, (laughs) their age profile. Well, there's going to be something within that that is going to give a certain tincture, a certain hue to how church life is lived out there, what can be done, what can't be done, what uh, things are pressing needs and concerns, what aren't such pressing needs, what opportunities the churches have, the environment in which they they are. We're thankful here we have the, the openness that we do, local schools there, and the relationships that we have in the wider community. Well, we may regret and lament that we don't see the fruit that we long for, from these things, but we're glad, nevertheless, that we have opportunity. 
that we have a place, that we have somewhere that's recognised as such. Other places don't. Different story in cities. Different story altogether there, where schools are hotbeds of LGBT plus plus or whatever the, the latest expression is, and where Christian message very much is excluded. Our location. Well, location. And our forebears who obtained this location in the middle of the village. And now with this location, a new roof to go with the building in this location. There are opportunities in that. There are things we can do with this location, indeed with this building, that you wouldn't be able to do with other buildings and other locations. Indeed, that was a big consideration when we were looking at the cost that it was going to be to do the repairs that needed doing. Well, should we actually move out? Should we just sort of hand the building back over to somebody else uh, and move out? We thought, no, the building has got value. Ministry, things you can do in it and with it. And the location. Well, you couldn't wish, could you, for a better location than this? Our size, well, again, that varies, doesn't it? Churches vary in their sizes, what you can do, what you can't do. Histories and circumstances that impose some limitations the gifts that we may or may not have and how we can therefore do certain things, maybe other things at the moment, not until, not until we have those gifts among us to be able to do it. And it's not something that a pastor can kind of manufacture there or can preach it into existence. We have to wait on God. We have to wait on God. And sometimes accept some of the limitations that we have and sometimes rise to the opportunities that present themselves. And that is something for all of us. That is something we're all part of, if we're part of whatever it means to be building back better, that we're part of that story. I want to be part of that present, to be part of that future. And so even if we haven't been part of the past of it, even the recent past of it, um, you know, history, i.e. what happened yesterday, it's often had a feeling of that. So much has happened here over these years. But if we're thinking, well, whatever that past was and some of the folk who are part of that past, we're with the present and actually we, we want to be part of the future too. That that building back better. That that idea, yeah, let's build carefully on Christ and what that means. And there's much more that I hope to say this morning. I'm not going to be able to say it. Not talking a good church. That's easy. That's easy. It's easy for me to stand here in splendid isolation and preach all of these things. And, well, fine. But do we hear it? And have we a mind, as they had in Nehemiah's day, a mind to build, a heart to build? And despite, and this would have been something I'd have come on to, the opposition. Come on to that, looks like, in a fortnight's time when I'm next in the pulpit here. Despite the opposition. And to see those things coming into pass. We say, yes, that's, that's God's work. That's God's building. Not now talking kind of Staffordshire blue tiles up on the roof or lime mortar and stuff that's the, filling in the gaps in the, in the brickwork here, but is, is actually what God is doing in the living stones. In First Peter chapter two, verses four to five, those living stones, that spiritual house that God is building, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, building back better in our relationship to God, in our devotions, our prayer life, the way in which we 
humble ourselves before him. Building back better in relation to each other, how we speak, how we relate to each other, ways in which we, we address each other. Building back better there and building back better in what we want to be to the wider society, our own community or communities wherever you live. We just have to apologise in that way that we're all so parochial here in Kreitsch and most of you dear people miles away from Kreitsch, but forgive me that. But in your community where you live and your relationship with your neighbours and who you are to them and what they're taking away about who you are, what's driving you, where, where your life is, and we want to build back better for them. Because I can say this, their needs are huge and they're becoming more huge by the day. Their distance from God is immense and it becomes more immense by the day. And we need to be able to be at our best, the gold, the silver, the precious stones toward them, not the wood and the hay and the straw, which God is going to deal with in its due time, but which has nothing, nothing to give, nothing to offer, nothing to say. But instead, we're building back better, every level, all relationships, Godward, towards other people. And that's what we read about here, fulfilling what it means to have Christ as our foundation, being apostolic upon the, the apostles' doctrine. So God willing, we'll come back to this subject in a couple of weeks' time and look a little bit more at what it means, perhaps, for us as Christians, forget the politicians, but the Christians, to be building back better. Amen.